Padre Rodriguez over here. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of uh, pinch hitters from the past that I remember. <laughs> Pork Chop Pew. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, Gail, do you want that as your nickname? Pork Chop? Uh, yeah, okay. Pork <laughs> Chop it is. All right. <laughs> Guys, if we're going uh, to just pray together, make sure that we're kind of all on the same page. Brandon is not listening, so we'll make sure that he's listening. And then we will pray together <laughs> and send him away. Uh, you know, we uh, have, uh, the last few weeks, this is kind of an extended message. I don't know if you guys have been here or if you listen to Doc. Not everybody does. I get it. But the thing idea is that he's actually had three parts to a really, 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 really long message. And that is giving what you can to God. What if, if, if he's given it to you, to give it back. So the first week is all about the spiritual gifts that he gave to you. And then last week is the, uh, the resources. And today is your time. And every one of those things are designed for you to go... You've got all that you need to create the moments that God wants for you to have as, uh, as people of his children, okay? And so I want to make sure that every moment that you guys have out there, everyone that comes into this room, every moment that we have on the stage, every moment that we're, you know, supporting up there, everything points to what it is that God has done for us. So we're going to live this service, our lives, in gratitude, and we're going to make sure that they get to see that in us and everything that we do. You guys ready for that? No, like with, you know, with gusto. You guys ready for that? Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Whatever. Okay. No, (laughs) we're getting on the same page here, and this is what's going to be awesome. These people might see Jesus, might experience him in a new way because of what you do today. And that's pretty awesome responsibility and privilege. Just keep that in mind, okay? God, thank you so much for your life that you put within us. God, I ask that you will um, keep us focused through this entire time that we have here because of this privilege, this responsibility that you've given to us. Help us to be able to see every person the way that you see them. Some of them we might struggle with. I don't know why, but we might have some of these struggles that God help us to have eyes that you, <laughs> that look, that make us see them like you see them. God, I, I, I want to be able to love people the way that you want us to love people. And let that be just the, the catalyst for this massive shift, this change that, that happens in this community because this group of people has decided to give themselves entirely and totally to you. I would pray each of these things in Jesus' holy name. Amen. All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate y'all. Let's get a uh, game check on uh, Gail on check. handheld three. And then we will do the check, song. Check. That's a hot mic. I raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. I raise a hallelujah. Heaven comes to fight for me. Is that enough, Rob? <laughs> I gotta tell everybody that because it makes me happy. What? So, in keeping with what Brandon was saying earlier about this nudge this week, uh, this month, I'm sorry, uh, it doesn't say nudges uh, on there. It does. It says twelve thousand nudes. So we're gonna have <laughs> to adjust that. <laughs> I was thinking about keeping it, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Don't send twelve thousand nudes. <laughs> Once we hit 11 grand, you know we've had too many nudes. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead. Praise the hallelujah. This is the second one. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> let's go and do this one, and then we'll go. We'll, we'll stop. Yeah. <laughs> you, and your, you and your nudes. Yeah. Here we go. This race a hallelujah. Here we go. Brandon, we need you, buddy. Come on. What? Have his guitar on. I had mine. Okay, push the button. Listen. I don't. Just do I'm what I say. About 12, Just I, do what I say, John. I'm thinking about something else and how we yeah. can incorporate it. <laughs> 
wanted to mix that listen <laughs> so <laughs> i just want to make sure that was mixed we're gonna have to just make that happen all right just do your best okay we're close enough on everything that it's gonna be awesome no matter what to just even if you sing over each other it's gonna be wonderful okay cool all right let's go ahead and get into uh to pre-service mode we'll open the doors open the doors get on the floor <laughs> check your batteries
Come on, bro. We're trying to win, bro. Come on, bro. What are y'all doing? Are you lost? Come on. Are you lost? Close. Please get closer, bro. Like, please. You, you, yes, you. Yes, come here. Say hello. Do you hate people? Like, what's going on? Do you hate people? Love, love, all love. Let's get high, mom. Let's get going. Let's get going. Let's go. Close, getting close. When all I see is the battle, you see my victory.
praise the hallelujah in the presence of my enemies I raise a hallelujah oh louder than the unbelief I raise a hallelujah my weapon is a melody I raise a hallelujah and heaven comes to fight for me
I don't know, I was just singing those words that we are supposed to be kind of a, a roaring lion that accept what God has done for us and be excited about it, to be joyous about it, and to go out into the world. Because I'm telling you, that when we have this light within us, there is no darkness that can dispel it. There is no darkness that can go against the light of Jesus Christ within us. And over these last couple of weeks, if you have been here, you know that we've been talking about all the things that God has given to us. We want to give back to him because this world, it is dark and in need. I was going to go through this, but I just want you to read these words from Colossians 4 together. This, uh, this is a church that, that Paul is talking to. He says, hey, pray diligently. Stay alert with your eyes wide open in gratitude. Let that be who you are. Don't forget to pray for us. He's talking about him there in jail there. That God will open the doors for telling the mystery of Christ, even when I'm locked up in this jail. So we just talked about this. You guys might have a storm that you're in. You might be in this you know, figurative jail that you, that you don't know how to get out of. This freedom that we find in Jesus is available to you so that you can tell the mystery of Christ. When you have that mystery kind of solved because of what Jesus Christ has done, we're able to give that to the world. So pray that every time that I, this is Paul says, open my mouth, I'll be able to make Christ plain as day to them. Use your heads as you live and work among outsiders. That's a question that I always struggle with. I want to make sure that I'm always saying and doing the right thing that God wants me to do. Don't miss a trick. Make the most of every opportunity. Be gracious in your speech. The goal, here's the goal, is to bring out the best in others in a conversation. Not put them down, not cut them out. We want this to be a family. And so much so that the world out there goes, I've got to be a part of that. There's something mysterious and amazing and wonderful. I have to be a part of it. Will you guys pray with me right now to make that something that's going to be on our hearts? God, we want this world to know you. We want this community to know you. We want the people around us to know you. They're not going to know you if we do not speak up and roar our praises. They're not going to know you if we're not willing to be joyful about what it is that you have done and will be doing. So, Father, instill within us a peace that allows us to have the joy, that allows us to be a light to this world. When we sit and live this life in gratitude, we realize that you have given us so many amazing gifts and blessings. We want to live as blessed people in gratitude. Thank you so much for what you have done and what you will do, what you always do. We pray this in the name of the one who made it all possible, Jesus Christ. Amen. Morning. Glad you're here. How many of you guys think that our world is messed up? Raise your hands. Now, I can't see a lot of you, but if your hand's not up, you're messed up. <laughs> because, well, how many of you guys think our government's broken, education system broken, social media broken, our morals, or values? Well, guys, they always have been, and they always will be until Jesus comes back. Did you know that? Because even the best of us are simply messed up sinners, so what we build will at least be flawed. But guys, it's easy to complain, easy to diss, mock, attack. What's harder, way harder, is to show people something better, which is our job as Jesus followers, to show them something better. And we don't think it's better because we're smarter than they are. We don't think it's better because our ideas are superior to their ideas. We think it's better because we're trying to live out God's ideas. We think, and we're pretty sure God, our Creator God, is a whole lot smarter and better than we are. We kind of think He proved it. So we Jesus followers try to set up the ultimate counterculture. 
Because we live in a world that is in many ways at war with its creator, God, and our job is to point people back to him. Jesus, who we believe was God in a bod. Jesus called us Jesus' followers to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world, which means we're supposed to show them a different way to live, a better way to live, how to do life with God, for God, God's way, God's way, together, which we think is the life we were created for. Which means if we are going to be Jesus followers, we have to think differently. We have to live differently. And for the past several weeks, we've been trying to unpack how, how we're different. And for the last couple of weeks, we've been unpacking four big ideas which do change the way you look at life. Big idea number one, God owns it all. It's all His, everything you have, everything you can do. It's all His, guys. We think it's ours. When in reality, it's His, whether we acknowledge Jesus as Lord or not. Big idea number two, the big G God is lavishly generous. Whether you're a Jesus follower or not, God has given you so incredibly much. Do you get that? Because everything you have, which is a lot, and everything you can do, which is a lot, it's all grace. Number three, with gifts comes responsibility. The Bible calls us stewards, which means we manage. We manage what God lets us use. And he expects us to manage what he's given to us in a God-honoring way. All of it. And big idea number four, we think that if you live these three ideas out, your life's going to be better. It's going to be better for you, and it's going to be better for everyone around you. It's all his. He's extravagantly generous. He expects what he lets us use. He expects us to use it in a God-honoring way. And we think that living that way is going to be a great life, better life, because we've got a good and wise God. Now, two weeks ago, we applied those four big ideas to our talents, our gifts, our abilities. Last week, we applied these four big ideas to our resources, to our money. And this morning, we're going to take it just one step further. Because here it is, guys. God has given you gifts. God has given you resources. But he doesn't just give us gifts and resources. He opens up doors so we can use them. He expects us to use them for something bigger than us. Because, guys, it's not about you. It's not about me. You've been gifted by God and you've been resourced by God for His purposes, not just yours. Do you get that? I'm going to show you three verses that kind of lay this out. Now, if you've been here the last couple of weeks, you've seen two of them before. The first one is about our gifts. The Apostle Peter says, Each one of you, as a manager of God's different gifts, must use them, these gifts, for the good of others the special gifts that he's given to us. Because it's not about you. We're supposed to be the salt of the earth, right? So he's given us gifts so we can do that. Second one is about our money. Here's the Apostle Paul. He says, God is able to give you more than you need, not than you want, but he gives you more than you really need so that you'll always have all you need for yourselves and more than enough for every single good cause because it's not supposed to be just for you. 
We're supposed to be the light of the world. And this third one just kind of lays out what I'm going to try to show you this morning. Again, it's the Apostle Paul. He says, God has made us what we are, everything that you are. And in our union with Christ, he has created us for a life of good deeds. That's why you're here, which he has already prepared for us to do. So God gave you gifts. God gave you resources on purpose, for a purpose, for a God-honoring purpose, a purpose more than just you. You get that? It also means that God is going to create opportunities. He's going to open up doors so you can use those gifts and resources for his purposes if you are alert enough to see them and if you are courageous enough to go through that door when God nudges you. Because God is going to nudge you. He's going to nudge every single Jesus follower in this room. So, this morning we're going to unpack four verses from a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to a church called Colossae, at a city called Colossae. Paul's in prison. He's in prison for preaching Jesus. And he writes this letter to encourage Jesus followers in a church that was started by some of his colleagues about eight or ten years before. And you've got to remember this piece. Paul is in prison. He's on trial for his life, and he's spending his time trying to encourage other Jesus followers. How cool is that? And near the end of this letter, Paul asks for prayer. He asks them to pray for him. And it's not the kind of prayer that I suspect that we would pray. Here are the first two verses. He says, I want you to pray for us. Pray for us. Now, you're in prison, right? You're on trial for your life, and you want your church to pray for you. What would you ask them to pray for? Now, I think I'd be asking for some courage. I might be asking God to work some magic to get me out of there. I might be asking him to provide me with a hacksaw, right? Paul is weird. He says, pray for us. Why? That God may open a door for our message. Let me keep preaching, Jesus. So that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains, that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. God, he says, even here in prison, give me the chance to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. He's in prison and he prays for opportunity. And he prays for courage to go through when God creates that opportunity, even in prison on trial for his life. Now, it's kind of like a story in the book of Acts. I mean, this happened just a few weeks after the crucifixion of Jesus. The Sanhedrin, the Jewish Supreme Court, had sentenced Jesus to death, and they had their eyes on the Jesus followers. Of course, Jesus didn't stay dead, so Peter and John are out on the street preaching the resurrected Jesus, which ticked off the Sanhedrin, because bottom line, guys, if they had killed him and God had raised him, that means that they were in a spot with God, right? So they arrested Peter and John, they put him in jail, and they threatened them, shut up about this Jesus or else. So the church had a prayer meeting. Now, if you were part of that church, what would you pray for? They didn't pray for safety. They didn't pray for a hedge of protection. They didn't pray that God would smite their enemies. They prayed for boldness. They prayed for courage. Now, Lord, they prayed, hear their threats and give us boldness. Give us boldness so we don't quit preaching because of fear. 
Give us the courage to preach Jesus. Give us the courage to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth, because this world needs to see what a well-lived life looks like, doesn't it? It's our job. And the same kind of thing is happening here in the book of Colossians. Paul asked these Jesus followers to pray for him, a, a prayer that I think we should pray. It's a cool prayer. It's a prayer I need. It's a prayer you need. <coughs> Excuse me, three parts. Here's part one. Pray for us, God. Guys, that God may open a door for our message. Pray that God will open a door. Now, guys, I'm not sure they need to pray that prayer because I'm not sure God needs prompting. That's kind of what God is in the business of. You don't have to beg God to open doors. He's doing it all the time. That's why he gave you those gifts. That's why he gave you those resources. Because he's going to be opening doors for every single one of us every single day. Our problem is that we tend to be blind to the opportunities that God creates for us. We walk right past them, those open doors. You ever done that? Have you ever been so preoccupied with you, so preoccupied with your own agenda, with your own issues, that you look right past the people that you're doing life with. Have you ever done that? Sometimes I get amused watching people talk to each other because one person is talking about their problems to the other person. Instead of listening, the other person is just waiting for it to take a breath so they can talk about their own problems. So they talk right past each other, right? They usually try to compare their problems, see which one is bigger. Now, people are all around us, guys. And too often we're so wrapped up in ourselves, we don't see them. We don't hear them. We're so wrapped up in our own agendas that we don't see the opportunities that God is creating for us every single day to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. He gives us gifts. He gives us opportunities. And he opens these doors, guys. Will you see them? This is the kind of prayer that God is going to honor every single time. If you ask him, God, open a door, he's going to honor that prayer every single day. Because this isn't the kind of prayer where you're trying to get God in tune with your agenda. This is the kind of prayer where you're trying to say, God, I'm open to doing what you have called me to do. Give me the chance to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. I'm willing to try. So open my eyes, God. Break my obsession with self so I can see what you see and do what you would have me do. <coughs> this is huge. So let's pray this prayer right now, right here. I'm going to pray it. See if you're willing to join me in it, okay? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, you've called us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. Show us how. We ask you to open doors so that we can get it done. And we ask especially that you take the blinders off of our eyes so that we can see what you're doing. Free us from our obsession with self so we can live for something bigger. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Could you pray that prayer? Could you mean it? Now, here's one of the problems with that kind of prayer. It's God-honoring, but it's scary because we're afraid God might answer it. Have you ever prayed a prayer that you didn't want God to answer? 
I'm pretty good at those prayers. God, give me patience. Not really. I'm just teasing. God, help me forgive that jerk. <laughs> Not really. Just sounds pious, doesn't it? God, help me stop sinning this particular sin. Maybe later. Not yet. I just really want forgiveness again. You ever prayed the kind of prayer that you really didn't want God to answer? Well, if I ask God to open a door so I can be some salt and light, what if he really does? What are you going to do with that? What if I actually do notice the opportunity that God has given me? But what if I'm busy? I've got other things to do. What if it's scary? I mean, if I try to walk through that door, maybe that other person is going to reject me or laugh at me. What if I try to do something Jesus-y for that person and it doesn't work? So Paul kind of follows up prayer one with prayer two. They fit each other. Prayer one is this. God, open a door for me to use my gifts and resources to serve you. Prayer number two is this. When you open those doors, give me guts to go through it. Give me courage, God. Here it is. Pray that God may open a door for our message. We already did that one. And pray that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, that we can actually do it. Give us the courage to do the right thing, even when it's hard. God, give me the guts to try, even though I may fail. Think about it, guys. How many times has God opened a door for you, and you actually saw the opportunity this time, and you wussed out? Ever been there and done that? I do that repeatedly. My wife, Julie, has always been way more perceptive at spotting open doors than I have, and my wife, Julie, is fearless. Sometimes she embarrasses me. She was in sales for decades, and with nearly every customer, she'd be talking about church and she'd be talking about Jesus, right there in Sears, right there in Lowe's. Now, I do that stuff here, too, in church, because I'm paid to, right? Pretty easy for me to talk about Jesus in here. Out there, it's hard for me. God, when you open those doors, give me the guts to go through them. How about you? This is a big deal, guys. My preaching partner for a couple of decades, Randy Kirk over in Corridon, Indiana, has two boys who have pushed God away. Randy's heart aches for his two boys. And he has done absolutely everything he can think of to nudge his boys back to God. You know what he prays for? He prays for other Jesus followers like you who might cross paths with his boys. And he prays that other Jesus followers like us will notice his boys and that we'll care. And he prays that when God opens a door for some other Jesus follower to be some salt and light for his boys, that we will have the guts and the courage to try whether his boys respond or not. Randy also prays that God will use him to do the same thing for someone else's kid. You ever prayed a prayer like that? Listen, guys, somebody out there is praying for you that you'll have the courage and the guts to use your gifts and your resources in a God-honoring way to serve their kid, their friend, their brother. You buy that? So we're going to pray that prayer for each other and for ourselves right here, right now. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes and pray with me? God, you open these doors for us every single day. You've given us all these gifts and all these resources. And 
Sometimes we just hoard them for ourselves. So God, give us boldness. Give us courage. Give us guts. So that whether we succeed or not, we'll go when you nudge. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Could you pray that prayer? Could you mean it? Now, you know what else is scary? Sometimes we actually see the open door, and sometimes we're willing to go to be some salt and some light, but we're afraid we're going to mess it up, right? But I don't know enough to share Jesus, right? What if they ask me some kind of a question that I can't answer? What if I say the wrong thing? I'm just not good with words. Someone else can do it better. Maybe maybe God's going to use someone else to do what he seems to be nudging me to do. And apparently, even the Apostle Paul had doubts like that, believe it or not. This is weird. I mean, this is a guy who had spent his life salting and lighting for Jesus. He'd planted churches all across the Roman Empire. And the Apostle Paul asks the Colossians to pray for him so that, and here it is, here's what he prayed. He says, pray that I may proclaim it clearly. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Open the door. Help me to go through it, and help me when I go through it to try to do it well. Help me to do this thing when I feel so inadequate. Help me to say the right thing. Help me to do the right thing. Help me to keep from botching it up, God. How cool is that? Sometimes, sometimes, not always, it's kind of like God does. You ever had that experience? Have you ever stepped out of your comfort zone and tried to be some salt or light and somehow in this particular instance, it's almost like God gave you the right words? God helped you do the right thing? I can guarantee you that if you keep on trying it, eventually you'll have that experience. Because sometimes, guys, the power is not in what we say or what we do. Sometimes the power is just in having the courage to do it. And then is this. Listen, guys, when you, when you try to serve Jesus, you are never, ever, ever alone. The Holy Spirit of God is there working in you and through you. Did you know that? It's amazing how many times I'm pretty sure that I've screwed it up. And then I'll discover that God has used my muddled words to touch somebody. It just blows my mind. Thank you, God. You see, we don't have to do the convincing. That's the Spirit's job. We just have to do the witnessing. Just kind of like we're teeing it up for God. We just do whatever we can to speak God's truth with God's grace so that we can nudge them towards Jesus rather than push them away from Him. So let's pray for each other one more time. For each other, for ourselves, to help us to do say the right words and do the right thing. Why don't you bow your heads with me, close your eyes. God, when you open those doors for us, we pray that we have the courage to go through. And in that moment, help us. Help us say the right thing. Help us say the right thing so that your spirit can use what we say and what we do to bring someone that you care about closer to Jesus. God, open up doors for us to serve you. We know that you will. Help us to see those doors when you open them. Keep us from being so self-absorbed that we miss the opportunities to serve what you made us for. And God, when we see those doors, give us the 
Give us the words to share Jesus in a way that you're honored. Help us do our best for you. In the name of Jesus, we pray these things. Amen. Now I said we're going to tackle four verses, I think. That's the first two. I'm going to run through the next two, and I'm going to go really, really fast. And they broaden this thing out to way more than just evangelism. You see, this stuff's a way of life for us. This being the salt of the earth and the light of the world is a way of life for us. We are the ultimate counterculture. So let me just blow through what Paul says in the next two verses, Colossians 4, verses 5 and 6. Paul says, be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace and seasoned with salt so that you know how to answer everyone. Be wise in the way that you act toward outsiders, he says. Basically saying, think, guys, think. They're watching you. If you're a serious <coughs> Jesus follower, it's people in your life are going to know it. So you need to act like it. You're the salt of the earth. You're the light of the world. You're the ultimate counterculture. You're supposed to show them what doing life with God, for God, God's way looks like and how it's better. We're on a mission from God. He's gifted us resources. He calls us to, to the point that we can serve something bigger than ourselves. So don't just wait for God to open a door. Live wisely. Live wisely so that you actually give God more opportunities to use you and so that when God opens those doors, you actually have some credibility. Does that make sense? And then he says, make the most of every opportunity. Every opportunity. <laughs> that verse messes some very serious Christians up. Because sometimes there's more opportunities than you have resources. And you feel this guilt and this shame, right? There's way more people out there to help than I have the time or the gifts or the resources to help. And so it's pretty easy to feel bad. A whole lot of people out there who are asking for our help who are just trying to use us. A couple of books that I recommend a lot for some of our people to read on how and when to give help. One of them is called Toxic Charity. The other one's called When Helping Hurts. Because sometimes the way that we Jesus followers help people doesn't really help. Sometimes we actually enable people to live irresponsibly. And some people, the way that we offer help, we rob them of their dignity. So sometimes it's hard to know what's right. As a Jesus follower, is this one of the opportunities that I'm supposed to make the most of? Or is this one of the opportunities I should less, let pass? And to be honest, I don't have any good answers. We just have to be wise. We have to be God-honoring. We have to be willing. We have to be sensitive to the nudges of God. We make choices, and we trust that those choices are God-honoring. And as long as we're trying to honor God, I think God will be pleased. Now, I heard this from Andy Stanley, and I thought it was really, really good, really wise. He said that there's way more need out there than any single one of us can fix on our own. So you need to remember that we're in this thing together. And you need to focus on this. He says, do for one as you would if you could do for all. Do for one as you would if you could do for all. You can't help everyone who asks. 
but sometimes that is an excuse that we use for not helping anybody. You can do something. Do for one as you would if you could do for all. And then Paul gives us two little pieces as he wraps this piece up, and they go together. He says, let your conversation be full of grace and salt, seasoned with salt, which I think means grace and truth, grace and truth. Make sure that you're showing God's grace and never, ever, ever compromise on his truth because you can't really love people without both. It takes both. See, there are some Jesus followers that I don't want representing Jesus, preaching Jesus. Because some of them preach God's truth without God's grace, and they just drive people away from God. And the other people, I'm not fond of representing Jesus because they're all about God's grace, but they're so preoccupied with God's grace that they compromise on His truth. They equivocate. So Paul says, let your conversation always be full of grace and always be seasoned with salt. Because we're on a mission from God. We are the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. They need to see a different way to live, a better way to live. They need to see what the ultimate counterculture looks like because it's what they were made for too. Now let me wrap it up with this. Sometimes, guys, sometimes doing life with God, for God, God's way, is hard. Really hard. Sometimes it'll get you mocked. It'll get you marginalized. It'll get you canceled. 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 I'm sorry. Sometimes God's nudges and put you in, will put you in danger. Just go. Do it anyway. There's a marvelous book called The Insanity of God by Nick Rivkin. At least that's his pen name. And he tells the stories of Jesus' followers who are faithful to God when it's hard. And I want to read you one of these stories. This pastor was arrested and placed in prison while his wife and children were sent to live in or die in Siberia. One wintry night in their remote dilapidated wooden cabin, which is now their home, the three children divided their family's last crust of bread, drank the last cup of tea in the house before climbing into bed, still hungry. Kneeling to say their prayers, they asked, where are we going to get more food, Mama? We're hungry. Do you think Papa even knows where we live now? Their mother assured them that their heavenly father knew exactly where they lived, and for now he was the one who would have to provide. So they prayed and asked for God's provision. Thirty kilometers away in the middle of the night, God woke up a deacon of a church and instructed him, get out of bed. Harness your horse, hitch the horse to the sled, load up the extra vegetables that the church has harvested, the meat, the other food the congregation has collected, and take it to that pastor's family living outside the village because they're hungry. Deacon said, but Lord, I can't. It's below zero outside. My horse might freeze. I might freeze. Holy Spirit told him, you got to go. Pastor's family's in trouble. So the man argued, Lord, you've got to know that there are wolves everywhere. They'd eat my horse. If they do, they'll eat me, and I'll never make it back. But the deacon said that the Holy Spirit told him this. He says, you don't have to come back. You just have to go. Hmm. You don't have to come back. You just have to go. 
So he did. When he knocked loudly on the door of the rickety cabin in the pre-dawn darkness the next morning, imagine the joy and amazement when they fearfully, hesitantly opened the cabin door to find a very small, very cold member of the body of Christ standing on their front step. His food-laden sleigh was behind him. He held a huge sack and announced, the church collected this food for you, be fed, and when it runs out, I'll bring more. The guy who wrote the book, Rifkin says, I kept thinking about God's final instructions to the deacon. You just have to go. You don't have to come back. You just have to go. You've been gifted by God. You have been resourced by God, and you will be called by God. When he gives you an opportunity to serve him, just do it. Just go. We're servants of an amazing God, aren't we? Let's stand and worship him together.
language, but you get the idea. What's required to be the king of kings? It's power. Just power. That's not what makes him worthy. We use the phrase king of kings, lord of lords. We believe that. What makes him worthy? It's right here. A king with that much power that loves you so much that he'd die in your place so that you could do life with him. That's worthy, right? And that's what we get to celebrate every single week. A king of kings who died in our place to give us life. Guys, this stuff isn't just about life in this world. This is about life with God forever, right? That's what he offers us. In a moment, we're going to give you an opportunity to respond. That's what this worship, these worship stations are about, different ways to respond to God. You're going to be able to go up there, and you're going to take the cup and the juice, and you're going to be able to go back to your seat, and you're going to think about what God has done for you. It's the reason that why they're here. At the station, if you want, there's also a black offering box of Capital City is your home. That's where we give our first part back to God. If you're a guest here, feel no obligation. Then there's a white generous bucket. If you have a dollar or two that you want to drop in that, every penny that goes in there, we just love on people. Try to take care of people. Okay? Also, if you want to talk about making Jesus Christ the king of your life, I'm going to be right down here. We've got some guys around that are going to be watching, and they'd be glad to talk with you. So will I. About making Jesus your king, or if you want to make Capital City your home, come on down here and and let's talk and let's get it done. Let's bow our heads together. Father, you're the King of kings, the Lord of lords, and you're worthy. Thank you. And now we want to honor you. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. You're welcome.
like to introduce you this morning to Paula Wade and her uh, son, son Barton, all right? And uh, they want to be a part of this family, and that's really cool. She's been with us for a bit, worshiping with us, but she's, uh, she's really plugged in and committed here, and, and she's loving it, so she wants to be a part of our family. I'm going to ask you that same confession of faith, all right? Repeat after me. I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, and my personal Lord and Savior. Fantastic. You guys welcome Paula and Barton. All right, so we've got just a couple announcements, and this is something I've been thinking about. I remember growing up in church, we always had these announcements, and I always felt like it was like the community bulletin board in the middle of the service, right? And, and that's not really what this is. When we walk through announcements, what we're doing is we're giving you the tools and the things to, to actually go and do what we're talking about. That when we talk about our, our resources, when we talk about our gifts, uh, sometimes we struggle with what do we do with those things? How do we live these things out? Even as Doc is talking today about how we, how we go, how, how we take those chances and, and live our lives uh, for the sake of those who maybe don't know him. Well, here's some suggestions, all right, in the form of announcements. Uh, the first one is this coming up next Sunday. We have a lunch right after second service fundraiser. This is a spaghetti lunch. And this is for our kids within our church. This is your opportunity to help families financially be able to send their kids to camp so that the kids hear the gospel of Christ in a powerful, meaningful way. That's how you get to participate and plug in. So we want you to be a part of that. And you don't have to eat spaghetti to give us your money. All right? So if you don't want the spaghetti but you want to just help support kids, please do it, man. That'd be great. It looks like this. It looks like nudges. We do this every month. We do these nudges where we try to give you a tool. It is hard sometimes to just walk up to someone and invite them to church. Even Doc acknowledged that, right? So we gave you a tool. We've got these little seed packets for this month, an opportunity for you to go and encourage someone to get planted in a community of followers of Jesus. It's an invitation to church. It's just real simple, real straightforward, real plain. And we ask that you do that. Grab as many as you like, give them out to people, encourage them, support them, help them out in that kind of a way. And... Maybe you are needing to take your first steps in following Jesus. Maybe it's time for you to think through what that looks like for you personally and what maybe you have questions, maybe you need some help. We have this thing that we do every month called Getting Started 101. It's going to be back in the connections room right out to your left. It's not really a class. It's just an opportunity for me to sit down with you and talk through whatever questions, whatever thoughts, whatever concerns you may have, whatever it is that's keeping you from following Jesus, how can we do that? And we want to encourage you to do that. So please, if, if that's something for you right after the service, right out here to the left, I'm going to be in that place. One last thing. After our second service today, we're going to be doing an ordination of a guy named Andrew Nelly, who's here in the room right now. He's going to be serving in the second service. It's going to be really cool. We'd love for you to participate in that. So probably start around 12.15 in our student center back, back over behind us, uh, the opportunity to just ordain him, celebrate the fact that he wants to to serve Jesus with his full life. And that's a really cool thing. So we encourage you to come and participate in that. For now, why don't you go ahead and stand and let's worship together.
可轻易送。As I often do, but every song must end, and you.
praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah Hallelujah I know it's not much But I've nothing else fit for a king Except for a heart sinking hallelujah, hallelujah. Spend these moments with God right now. Be able to speak to him and tell him what it is that you've been holding on to, that you are willing to give right back to him. Whatever it is, God, this is yours. I know I've been holding on to it because I'm so afraid, but the fear is gone today. Whether it's a spiritual gift that God has given to me, whether it is my resources and money, it's my time, Father, it's all yours. I'm sorry that I've held back. It's time right now for complete and total surrender. This is all yours. We give our lives to you in gratitude. We love you.
Guys, I'm going to ask you to sit for just one more second. I wouldn't have you sit, except she's short and he's tall. You wouldn't have to sit for him. But uh, this is uh, John and Jean Vickers. Uh, they've been fierce Jesus followers for a long time. John's been a friend for a long time. And uh, they want to make Capital City their home. Isn't that cool? <laughs> and once again, I'm going to just ask him the same thing Ben did to make this confession of faith because that's what makes us family. Uh, this is what binds us forever, okay? I believe. I believe. Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. Son of the living God. Son of the living God. My Lord and my Savior. My Lord and my Savior. Welcome into our family. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Thank, Thank you so much. Hey, guys. I think Steve is going to tell you that you can go if you want. They're yeah. going to sing another song, but I was going to tell him why. So, I mean, What's that? I was going to tell him why. Okay, day. tell him why. Stop. Turn your microphone off. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say more stuff anyway. Okay. Sure. <laughs> I will tell you, we lost power on Friday. Nobody else did, obviously. So it was just us. No, everybody lost power around here. We lost power, and we have a, a song that we would really loved, and we didn't get to do the other day. So. Whether you want to stay or not, uh, we're going to do it, all right? So I'm going to pray for you, and then you leave if you want, all right? But we love us some Jesus. Not that you don't, <laughs> but we love us some Jesus. We really wanted to do this song, so we, we're going to do it later on. So Father in heaven, thank you for being here. Thank you for loving us and showing us over and over again that um, you go to great lengths to show us that you want us to be your children. You have given us so many things. You just keep heaping all these things upon us, and I just, when I stop and think how much you lavish your pray, you, you, the blessings upon us, the gifts on us, I just sit in awe for what it is that you do. So God, thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us what you give us. We want to give back to you. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Go on. Get on out of here. <laughs> Trouble I am facing I will live my 